Hello and welcome to the Creative Club podcast. You're here with John Marsh and if you're a coach or a creative business owner, this is your show to learn the key skills you need to attract dream clients, grow your business and build confidence. So if you're in small business, whether you're solo, whether you've got a co-founder or a business partner, or maybe you're in a team, you already know the importance of leadership work. You know, leadership is at the core of what you do, whether it's self-leadership, how you show up to your work each day, or maybe it's leadership in a team setting, the empathy that you bring to interactions with other people, or how you help other people level up as leaders themselves. So today on the show, we've got a really special guest. Her name is Dashana Parekh, and Dashana has a background in law. She's a lawyer, uh, mostly in a corporate setting. And in this conversation, Dashana shares with us how she got into this leadership work as well, a little bit of her background. And from there, we dive into a few aspects of the leadership work that I think a lot of people uh, maybe don't think about quite so much. Things like conflict and tension Uh, and how it's an essential part of growing as a leader, uh, and how we can navigate it, you know, and she shares some thoughts on these things. So really, wherever you're at in your business journey, there's a lot of insights that Dashna shares with us today that you'll be able to bring into your work to become a better leader, you know, whether that is just leading yourself and your work more powerfully, leaning into you know, the obstacles and the resistances that come up for you. Or maybe there's an interaction or there's some team dynamics that you can see around you where you can perhaps step up and become a better leader, more powerful, more empathetic leader as well. And so you'll be able to use some of these insights in there. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I really got a lot out of this. I loved talking to Dashana. And she's got great energy and a lot of insights. And so I learned a lot in this one. Let's jump in. This is John Marsh and you're listening to the Creator Club podcast. Dash, thank you so much for taking the time out of your full schedule for us here and sitting down to an episode. Really appreciate it. Um, how's everything going there for you today? Oh, firstly, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. As we were talking about before the episode started, I told everyone at work I was appearing on a podcast and everyone was cheering for me and already asking for the name of the podcast. So I'm very excited to be here. Oh, beautiful. Um, so maybe to kick us off, if you could, we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff around leadership today. Um, I'm very excited for that. And I think it's going to be really helpful for people in small business as well, which is really cool. Maybe give us a little bit of context around what you do, uh, where you're based and the kind of work that you do at the moment. Sure. I am based in Sydney. I've been here eight years now, originally a Queenslander and yes, still root for the Maroons. I am a lawyer by trade. I'm in-house at the moment with a company called Collective Wellness Group. Been there for 12 months and I'm really enjoying it. I've been in-house, an in-house lawyer for about 
six years now in my total career that's spanned in law 13 years. My maths is really bad. I think 13 years. So definitely count myself as an in-house lawyer and definitely count myself as someone who has stayed true to herself in terms of personality and then profession and how I choose to be in my workplace. And that's any workplace. Cool. And so what would be like for, um, for, uh, I guess, like a non-law savvy kind of someone like myself, what's a, um, what's a typical kind of day or type of work that you would do? A typical day involves anything from dealing with contract disputes to questions about the consumer laws that are in place. I'm in a business where the business model is franchising, which means we have a lot of queries coming through from our franchisees. We have a lot of internal stakeholders as well. So we're trying to negotiate a partnership agreement. If we have anything coming in from a privacy request perspective, if we've got any sales coming through in terms of our franchisees, we manage that on a franchisor end. Uh, so the day can be quite very John, it can be, it can be full of uh, dispute resolution processes, or it can be full of negotiations. It can be also helping out my team members, to be honest, in terms of their growth and their development, and then how they choose to project themselves within the business and how I can help them move their careers along in this particular organization. Yeah, cool. So we've spoken um, briefly before around it's a huge word, but around this concept of leadership. And we've also talked a little bit about education as well uh, and some other things. Maybe if you could give us a little bit of context, I guess, to begin with, because I do want to talk a bit about that stuff today. Um, what was, you know, where did that kind of, where did that journey of thinking about leadership, thinking about, you know, we talked about empathetic leadership and different types of leadership. Where did that sort of kick off for you um, in, I guess, in your career or what sort of started to change for you where you, you stepped into, I guess, those other topics as well? It was definitely more a metamorphosis than a particular point in time that I can refer to. There were moments where, as I said to you earlier, I chose to be myself after a couple of years in law. And by that, I mean, in my appearance, I used to wear the typical suit to work and project a certain image and just found myself exceptionally unhappy as most young lawyers, a lot of young lawyers can get to that point. And in my mid twenties, I decided I wasn't going to be like that. I was going to turn up at work as I was and and so be it, whatever, if the, however the chips fell, they fell, however it would lie, they lie, I would deal with it. Yeah. And that was probably the first point where that sense of leadership came in, in terms of being true to yourself and being empathetic and kind to others, because if you can accept yourself for who you are in any situation, then I think the empathy and the kindness extends out naturally. Mm, I love that. I, I don't want to speed over that, but actually where you mentioned in the mid 20s allowing the chips to fall where they may um i think that's something that doesn't necessarily come easy 
whether it's mid twenties, mid thirties, mid forties, whatever, for probably a lot of us, maybe could you talk a little bit about that? Like, was it, it, you mentioned a bit of a movement away from pain. How did you do that? Like, how did you just rock up? All right, I'm done. I'm going to be myself today. (laughs) You know, like maybe just break (laughs) that down a little bit. I think that's pretty cool. I think it happened um, through fashion, number one. If you've met me in person, I would go from anything from track pants right through to fancy clothes. And that, and by fancy clothes, I mean, I've always dressed for myself. My mum always taught me that, that when you step out, you always dress for yourself. You never dress for others. So there was always that sense of being true to yourself the minute you stepped out of your door, at least from an appearance perspective. So for me, it started off with the clothes. It started off with me coming to work as a very feminine lawyer. I am quite a girly girl, always have been. And I chose to dress that way and embrace that part of myself. And as I embraced that part of myself, and it probably sounds a little bit superficial, but it was, again, a sense of being true to myself and then also expressing myself in a workplace. And I started off in litigation, so it was generally quite, I wouldn't say male-dominated, as it was more masculine in appearance Mm -hmm. um, and the way you projected yourself. So I chose not to do that. I chose to slowly bring myself to work in terms of my appearance and then it started off with expressing um expressing a little bit of my culture as well i'm Mm -hmm. indian by background and i would start for example i celebrate diwali which is the equivalent um and some might disagree with me but in terms of significance it is the equivalent of christmas in the christian calendar So I started bringing that into my workplaces and not in an imposition, not as an imposition, but more as a way to celebrate, to say, hey, I celebrate this at home and I'd love to celebrate with you. Would you like to be a part of it? Mm -hmm. So that cultural element slowly started to come through. And I'm not going to gloss over the fact that there were definitely trying moments. There were moments where I definitely let myself be spoken over um there were certainly a couple of managers who were difficult to work with they engaged in gaslighting they engaged in bullying behavior and i wish i could say that i stood up to all of it in one go and it was all it all happened overnight but it didn't it's really taken me a lot of time to understand and put myself forward in a way that is that is not that is not dumbed down or that is not um, antagonistic, but at the same time, it is who I am. It is mm. how I would like to be, and it is something that I've found is has taken a lot of my energy just in terms of emotional understanding and emotional intelligence. Mm. Perhaps the harshest or hardest, rather, thing I've learned is that there are some people who are willing to listen and learn and engage in healthy conversations and there are others who don't and at that point you have to make a decision to say are you are you going to invest in this person or are you going to invest in yourself and that's probably been the hardest part where sometimes 
you want to get your point across. And if you know me, you enjoy, you know, I enjoy a good conversation. So every now and again, I tend to miss the mark and think I can get someone around to seeing my point of view. And that doesn't happen all the time. So I, I guess to answer your question, I couldn't really only because I enjoy the evolution, I enjoy the learning, but I also enjoy the fact that it's not going to happen overnight. And mm. I've accepted that. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of that's a part of leadership, right? You don't you don't stagnate because the minute you stagnate and the minute you say I'm there, you've actually probably lost that mantle as leader. Mm. I love that. Something kind of popped up for me where you were describing this journey of embracing more of yourself and deciding to, you know, invite other people uh, to see, you know, this part of you as well. Um, And also you mentioned the differences that start to pop up more as we bring more of ourselves into a room or into a, a community or environment or relationship um, there's a conflict that can be kind of inherent in that, that, you know, we can be celebrating part of ourselves, but it's different to the status quo of the room, or it's different to, you know, the, the path dependence of the way we've done something or whatever it might be. Have you, and you, you come across as someone who's kind of okay with that. Um, and I say that, you know, in a loving way, like I, I, think, I love it. Yeah. Have you always had that? Like, has that been, was that something that originally you were like, you were totally cool with that? Or talk to me a little bit about this con. And when I say conflict, I don't mean negative, but just um, embracing tension. tension. Yeah, tension, tension. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Because I think for a lot of us, that might be the thing that's, oh, but what about that? What about that? I don't, I don't know if I like that feeling. Yes. And I think it's important because if you knew me as a child, I always tell this story. I could not go up to an ice cream vendor and buy ice cream. My little sister had to do it for me. My my um, my public speaking skills have been just that. They're skills and things that I have worked on really, really hard as an introvert. And so if I take a step back and sort of maybe break your question up in two ways one of which is how did it come about i am naturally an introvert i need a lot of alone time i need a lot of downtime and people find that really surprising when they meet me because i'm always talking and curious and quite inquisitive especially about other people and their stories however it it has taken a lot of work it has taken a lot of time you as a child and perhaps some of the introverts who are listening might associate with this. As a child, I'd often be called snobbish because I couldn't bring myself to have a conversation with anyone. So I really attest that to my education and to my teachers. If not for them, I don't think I would be where I am at the moment. To answer the second part of your question, which is the healthy tension and the healthy conflict part, I enjoy a good debate to the extent that it is a healthy conversation as we've talked about. And I think when you bring different perspectives and different views to a conversation, it's becoming so much more important as people of colour, people of different backgrounds are starting to become um, 
dare I say it, normalized, quote unquote, in society. It's not it's not an issue if someone from a particular background achieves a management position. And whilst it's important from a if you can't see someone who looks like you, you can't you can't aspire to that. There's definitely um, representation matters is what I'm trying to say. In terms of that, and if I again, if I spiral that out to another point, that's the part where I think the healthy tension and the healthy conversation is incumbent on leaders to have and encourage these conversations mm. in a safe environment. And mm. the truth is these conversations can be uncomfortable. Mm. You can be in a meeting and you might have to call out something that is not savory to your career or you think it might not be savory to your mm -hmm. career it might not be helpful and i suppose that's the decision again that only only a person can make at that point in time right and i have chosen that i have chosen to make those decisions and they've certainly led to some interesting conversations which again i don't mind just because i enjoy them um, but I enjoy them to the extent that I want to help someone understand the impact that their words are having. I'm not necessarily mm -hmm. looking for a fight as mm -hmm. such. So that tension is to help create and understand pathways and hopefully almost um, almost break through, right? Like you've almost got to go through the clouds mm -hmm. to get to the other side and see the rainbow. And I know, again, I know that's probably a really fluffy analogy, but that's the way I see the tension is that it's it's only an unhealthy tension if people are disrespectful, if people are rude, if there's no wanting to understand. It's a healthy tension, perhaps an uncomfortable conversation, if people are still willing to listen to if they might apologize, they might not, doesn't matter. But if they're willing to engage in a conversation that helps other people grow and helps other people learn, then I think, I personally think one should be backing themselves to have those conversations. And the reality is these conversations, they can't always happen. Um, they can't always happen in a school, right? They can't always happen in amongst a group of peers. We've got a, we've got a, a really bad habit of cancel culture at the moment. Um, and the conversations that we're having about leadership, about um, about women, about race, they're not good, or at times I feel they're not good conversations. They, they are antagonistic. They are difficult um, and they're not helpful. Mm. So I would say to anyone who is experiencing or wants to speak out and is a little bit nervous or afraid, that's totally fine. I'm always nervous and afraid of saying something in front of someone, but I try to keep my bigger purpose at the back of my mind, right? Which is why, why am I doing this? I'm, I genuinely don't want to pick a fight. I genuinely want someone to understand the impact of their words. And perhaps more importantly, I want those who are in my team or those who those younger lawyers or younger professionals to look at someone like myself and my peers to be able to say, wow, she had that conversation and she was able to do it in a respectful manner in the workplace. She didn't go home and make a social media post about it in an unhealthy way. She tackled mm -hmm. it head on. 
Mm. I want to make sure that I'm in a workplace like that. I want to be surrounded by people like that. I want to have conversations like that because ideally these conversations will fall away and these natural tensions will just be normalized. I love that. It, I, I recently had a conversation with a friend uh, in Newcastle. She owns a pretty big business and uh, she had she had voiced something and very quickly was cancelled. And it was her point of view on something and it wasn't said in any sort of aggressive way or anything like that. But I guess boiling under the surface were people who had a different position. And rather than talking to her when it popped up, uh, instantly they came across and, and uh, you know, tried, tried, tried their best to cancel. And it obviously didn't work because this person has a lot of support. But what you said really resonated there. And I think that um, having that capacity to, in the moment, even if we fumble, even if we don't really know what we're doing, we don't have a, you know, quote, framework for it or whatever, uh, but raising your hand and, and being willing to have a little bit of that healthy tussle seems to go a long way, um, especially when we have so much, so much stuff going on on social media. Like it just seems, it seems so easy for that road. I think what uh, you're talking about really resonated there. Absolutely. And I agree with the framework part. As I said, I wish I could say I had this all under my belt at 25 and it was all amazing. And I'm on this podcast and I've got a book that I can launch and everything's perfect and we're all done here, John. But that's not the case. And mm. even recently, even few years into my career, I've had, I've fumbled. I still fumble. And as I said, I think it's about the choice, right? It's the choice that you make in terms of what you hear and what you want to say and what you and the kind of person you want to become ultimately. Mm. The other side that I really love too is that it seems with the way you're talking about it, we can make mistakes. So if you know you're willing to talk to somebody about something that uh, you may not agree with, or you want to have a discussion on, that is that's that's a healthy thing for both sides. So at the end of that, we can have the discussion and then say. And, and then shake hands and then be, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a nice um, a way of growing for both people. So talk to me a little bit about empathy. Um, we've spoken about this a little bit from what I can hear. You can't have, we, we can't really go down the road that you are sharing with us without, you know, a, um, a healthy dose of empathy and trying to understand it a little bit more beyond just kind of like the headline reading thing on the, you know, on the, um, on the news website or whatever it might be on the day. What, what comes up for you? How is this part of the work that you do and the environments that you're in? For me, empathy is personal and professional. Mm -hmm. I think I've learned to empathize, not just with, um, not just with my friends or my family, which I think can come quite easily, but to try to understand the pressures or tensions that the people in my workplace might be facing or, or things that I'm, I'm simply not seeing, right? There are, everyone has their own battles and challenges and I'm not saying that you should allow yourself to be treated in a particular manner if it's wrong. However, 
I think there are ways of communicating that allow you to touch on or to hit a point of empathy with the other person that can just break down barriers. Mm -hmm. And if I come back to your point on the frameworks, not that I'm saying these are frameworks, but sometimes the best way to get past these is the open-ended questions that we all know, right? Who, what, when, where, why, how? How, how do you feel about this? What makes you say that? How can I help you achieve this goal? I'm not sure I'm understanding. Can you explain this to me using examples? Mm. So I think having, again, the empathy comes back to also allowing a little bit of vulnerability in the workplace. Mm. And that's quite important because, again, if you think about it from a coaching perspective, those who you manage or those who are still working their way through their careers, they will and they will watch you and they will listen to you and take on what they think is right. And if they can see that empathy and vulnerability coming through, mm. um, that's something that they'll naturally adopt as well. And suddenly you've got a culture that's quite nuanced, but also quite natural. Yeah. Um, and again, that's, that's hard. That's taken, that's taken me most of my twenties and early thirties to get, to get across. Would you say that there's a slowing down of the, I guess, everyday flow that you would see in a corporate environment? I'm, I'm thinking kind of small business in my head and, you know, a lot goes on and I, I work with business owners that would have teams as well and something might pop up. And when you mentioned those questions, it sort of occurs to me that, okay, like, we're going to slow down here a little bit to, to, yeah, talk a little bit about that slowing down because it's kind of counter, it feels almost counter to like, go, like we got to go really fast because there's lots happening and there's deadlines. And so, yeah, because I, I want to flesh that out, I think uh, a little bit. And, and I was just interested in that. Is that, yeah, how does that occur to you? It is. And we've all had moments where we've reacted to an email or phone call, right? Where you have, acted out of your own feelings or your own anger and it's not necessarily because the person's done anything wrong it's just you've got so much on your plate you need to get the phone calls out you need to get the emails out and you're just trying to think of it as a to-do list and one of the things I've really learned is that at the end of the day we're all human beings with the with we're sentient beings where we have the capability to evolve we have the capability to self-observe and we shouldn't view we shouldn't view other people as a to-do list if that makes sense and i think sometimes we do that right as as a small business as a corporate as um a public speaker we view people as something that needs to be done mm -hmm. as opposed to someone that needs to be looked after and someone who is is reaching out to us for a reason so i guess from a small business owner perspective if you take that step back to say um, this person has reached out to me for a reason and that reason is my business and so I want to make sure that I'm giving them the best of my time, that's something that I have found has just helped me with my correspondence and with my engagement with people in general. To, to, to And I do the same as a consumer, right? If I'm reaching out to someone, I'm genuinely curious, I'm inquisitive I want to know what you can offer me and can you explain it a little bit more um, and 
I think maybe understanding that the questioning isn't coming from a place of malice. It's uh, coming from a place of wanting to know more and wanting to engage with the business a little bit more. I think that can really help. And it's that whole slow down to speed up, right? Mm. What's what's your end goal? What would you like to achieve? Zoom is it out. sales? Is it the conversion? Is it the sign up? Whatever it is, it's almost that slow down, slowing down to speed up. And that slowdown is reevaluating that goal. What is it that you're working towards and bringing that into your into your end result? Oh, so your end communication, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's really nice. It has a really a nice human feel to it. And I can think of a lot of times where uh, I've been on both sides of that and without a doubt, when you can find the patience or the courage or whatever it is to slow down a little bit, uh, it always, something new always comes through. Quite often you'll end up talking about something that was completely different to where you started. Um, could you talk a little bit about, and feel free to take this conversation wherever you want to go to. Um, do you think, do you, do you find yourself a, like a rule breaker or do you follow the rules? Like, I'm just toying with this concept of like, okay, we've got, you know, like a, um, uh, a humanity concept here that we're playing with, like more connection, more humanity, slow it down, listen. Um, and then we've got the rules of like, okay, well, at 4.30 PM, this should happen. And this is the way things work. How do we, uh, and, and ultimately there will be some rules that need to hold and things need to happen. How do you balance that in the, I guess, in the heat of the moment or in your work week? And how do you sort of juggle those two? It's definitely a challenge in the legal space. As you know, there are laws that cannot be broken and there are rules that have to be followed. So it seems a bit funny to say that I often feel sandwiched, if you will, between what is expected and then what I want to become or what I'm working towards. I, I'm not sure how people perceive me, to be honest. I've, I don't really perceive myself as a rule breaker, but perhaps they do. I haven't really thought about it that way. For me, it wasn't necessarily, oh, perhaps this makes me a rule breaker. I just realized, okay, so I'll, I'll finish my maybe, thought. Maybe I renegade or we can, we can come up with other cool words too if you oh, want. It's all right. It's fine. I suppose for me, it wasn't necessarily about following the, the rules um, from a leadership perspective. When I'm talking to my team, I don't necessarily say to them, I'm the manager, I'm the boss, and therefore what I say goes. I try not to anyway. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I definitely try to bring my own sense of self um, in terms of in terms of my team. In terms of the work that I do, I definitely see myself as someone who's fair. Um, and firm if you again for me that sense of equality and justice and I am talking from a work perspective specifically here that sense of equality and justice across our um, across our clients and across our 
network is really important to me. So there are times when I need to make really tough decisions that I know people won't like. And my, uh, what I always say is the reason I'm making this decision is because I've got a group of people who are, who are doing the right thing or who are trying to do the right thing. And there are situations where sometimes someone's not doing the right thing. And for that reason, and that higher goal sometimes or that higher purpose helps me deliver that end result. Mm -hmm. And I always try and deliver that end result with a sense of knowledge and um, empowerment, which sounds contradictory, but it's because I think people view the law in a way that's, oh, it's a big mystery and it's all big masquerade when it's not at all. It's all of our legislation is published online. You can go read it. Um, you know, we've got really great regulators. We've got great publications. So I'm always encouraging people to be quite open with their legal, um, legal knowledge and legal advice and to go and seek it. And I think that's where my personal tension comes through is that as a as a leader, I perhaps break some of the rules in terms of what I see as the right thing to do versus what perhaps other people expect me to be. And I'm always encouraging, I'm always encouraging my team to stand up for what's right at the same time as a lawyer or as someone in the legal and compliance world, there are moments or there are times when I have to deliver things that are not necessarily pretty or nice, but I'm okay with that. I yeah. think you have to be right. I think yeah. if you're going to get to a point where you're, you're working on yourself and you're working on your leadership skills, you have to accept that there are going to be moments where people, people don't like your decision and hopefully that's, that's all it is. There might also be times when people simply just don't like you and no matter what you say or what you do, it's never going to it's never going to be enough. And you have to be able to deliver your message in a way that's fair and equitable and take that step back and leave that person to their emotions or to their feelings. Mm, it's quite yeah. I, I I do find it quite difficult. I yeah. I can um yeah, it's a tension that sits in my my heart and my soul a lot. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's dynamic, um, but sort of, so is life too, right? Like it's this thing where you're, 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 you have, you have to be, it sounds like you have to be awake. You have to be alert to what's happening in that moment. Um, so what would, what would be some of the things, you know, I guess thinking of people who are leading maybe small teams or they have, you know, a little, uh, some staff, um, what's some of the, I don't want to say like, you know, biggest mistakes kind of thing, but what do you see, uh, as some of maybe your key learnings or things that you see people tr get tripped up on, or we tend to get tripped up on as people, um, that maybe they could think about to have a little bit more, you know, depth in these relationships, a little bit better leadership um, for themselves and try to foster that in maybe their business or their team that they're in at the moment. Does anything else come to mind for you? The biggest thing I've seen, and this is across, across the board in terms of speaking with peers and observing behaviours from previous um, 
previous workplaces or experiences even from other people is the sense of directiveness that can come from a manager. The, that's probably the biggest takeaway I've learned is sometimes a manager walks into a room and no matter how kind they are or no matter how empathetic they may be, there is a sense of hierarchy. Um, there's a sense of, okay, no matter what position we put forward, we'll make sure that this manager's position is ultimately accepted. And quite often I find managers won't, they won't ask those empathetic questions that I referred to earlier, where they don't invite others to speak or they can make an offhand comment and not realize the impact it has on someone else's confidence, particularly when that person, again, is quite early in their career and is still working and is still making those same mistakes that we once did and probably still do, but perhaps to a lesser extent. And I think that's, for me, the hardest part to watch is someone making a comment that you just know is going to take this person a few steps back in terms of their confidence, in terms of their ability to speak up. That's been quite difficult. And then also being in a position where you... Um, where you can feel quite sandwiched as this as this person. So where you know there's a particular style that you don't want to follow or that you would like to change or there are parts of it that you will incorporate but not always. And, and then working towards, I mean, quite frankly, working towards your career and your direction, um, knowing full well that what you're presenting may not be received well by your peers or your mm. manager that's certainly something that's come across in conversations that I've had with my friends um, with my peers as well in terms of um, what they're going through in their workplaces so it can be it, it it can be quite difficult but I think it's an old old sense of working right I'm the leader I'm the manager and therefore what I say goes and that's that's ultimately the hardest Part, which is perhaps a little bit contradictory because that's what the leader is there for. They are there to lead. I mean, it's there in the title, but there's a way of leading that I think is evolving and changing. And I am not sure from what I'm seeing in corporate Australia that what we're saying and what we're doing are necessarily marrying up. Um, mm. We're definitely at a point where we're clashing and it might be a quiet clash so to speak I don't think very many people will admit to it but I'm um I, I will stand by that to say I don't think corporate Australia is uh is doing what it says and I don't right. think so it's kind of like a lip service so right. to speak a little bit yeah yeah yeah. And so rooted in that is we have this idea of how we say we might be as a leader and in the heat of the moment, we're not showing up in that same way. Our old patterns are coming through and we're doing what's comfortable and uh, protecting ourselves really in the way things have been. Now, how do you get support with this? Um, 
<laughs> on this battlefield, right? Like, how do you, I, you know, and I say it from a, a good place. I think it's amazing. Like, it's really, really good. How does one or how do you, how do you, um, you know, you're going to have down days. It's going to be hard. Who's in your corner? How do you find people if someone's listening to this and they're a business owner and they're like, yeah, okay, I want to be a better leader. I want to listen to people more. I want to, there's going to be conflict. Like, how do you stabilize the ship and, and come back to center and kind of keep going um, even though the culture around you maybe indirectly or directly is, is kind of different? What do you What do you do? I generally will own the conversation and I will own the point that you so nicely raised earlier about enjoying a good uh, a good conversation. So if it gets to a point where I feel as though the conversation is is turning unhealthy or is it's not going to add value to anyone so I can feel my own anxiety rising or my own um dissatisfaction really coming to to an edge I will I will either quite openly own it to say I'm at a point where I'm not sure I'm going to add value to this conversation mm. or alternatively I will say the perp I'll, I'll put a positive spin on it to say I hope you don't mind I really enjoy these conversations I'm really curious about people I love learning about people and I love learning about where they come from from a point of view perspective and a cultural perspective I hope this hasn't caused any. Um, I hope this hasn't caused any tension between us. And if it has, I just want you to know it's only because I'm I'm naturally a curious person, and I will push conversations to a point because that is who I am, and that will generally diffuse. I find a situation. It's a very, again, it, there is a sense of vulnerability there, right? To be able to say this is who I am, and this is the way I learn, and I learn by putting things on the table that people may or may not like. But it also means that other people will hopefully start to be a little more open and more honest in their conversations with you and in turn with other people. And in a way that makes them think, right? Like you want them to be able to walk away and walk away and go, wow, that that conversation with Dash or that conversation with John, that that really got me thinking. I'm I'm now going to go talk to my mum and dad, or I'm going to go talk to my friends about this to say, hey, what do you think of this? Um, so I'm hoping it will have a, a positive ripple effect to say that change doesn't just happen by one person speaking out all the time, right? Change happens because the curiosity is sparked, because someone says something that just makes you go, wow, I need to explore this just that little bit further. And maybe not here, maybe not in my workplace, but in a safe space, in a place where I can find out a little bit more, in a place where I can talk to someone who can perhaps bring me to a new point or a new perspective, and I might be able to contribute back to the conversation at a later point in time. Mm. That's generally how I've dealt with it. And then, of course, if it's really bad, I will I will call the conversation and say, this is this is not healthy, this is not working, I think we ought to stop. And that's, it hasn't happened too often, but it has happened. And do you have people, peers or friends or uh, people who you will talk to after the fact, or, you know, if it, if it, if it um, feels hard for you personally or emotionally, like people you lean on or that sort of thing as well, you, you have areas of support or people that support you? 
I have a great set of girlfriends and they are all from various cultural backgrounds and we often will share funny stories or things that have happened to us over a group message or we'll call each other. So yes, I definitely have a great support network. I've got my sister as well and we generally have a good good banter about uh, about things, notably empathy, kindness, corporate Australia, what we've seen, what we've experienced, what we ourselves have been through just in terms of, um, you know, comments that are seemingly passed, innocuous comments that are seemingly passed and that can really impact on, on how you're feeling or the productivity of your workday. Mm. So, and then of course, I also have my wonderful husband. So I do have a fantastic group of people around me. Um, I've also got... As you know, I've got uh, a great group via Creator Club as well. So pretty happy with that. And I've also had executive coaching as well, just to be able to run through, mm. um, which, and, you know, I'm not touting um, anyone or any business, but I will say coaching has definitely helped me a lot in terms of being able to talk to a particular audience. And again, I come from a corporate background, so uh, but I would encourage anyone from a business owner to a corporate professional to seek out a coach that that will help you in your particular field mm. because it goes so far in terms of providing you with perspective, providing you with a safe space to perhaps say things or experience things or vocalise experiences that you may not ordinarily do so and then just gives give you a chance to take a step back and think about what what that conversation meant or how you might address it. Um, and one of the greatest advices one of my coaches gave me was once, do you do you need to address that right now? If you're in a if you're in a tense situation, if you're in a conflicted situation, do you actually have to respond at that point in time? Mm. Probably not. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. I think, you know, there's so much in what you shared. I think one of the things in, in small business I've had, I did have a, a couple of years in corporate back in, uh, back in the engineering days. But one of the things that we continually learn in small business is that uh, this stuff never stops, you know, and so you may as well jump on the horse and learn, to, like, just enjoy it and, and, and make the mistakes. And I think talking to you today, um, you know, it was really exciting for me and I can feel your passion for this come through and how, how you know that it helps to make uh, not just your life better, but the people around you and that this can really ripple out. And so uh, it really excites me to think about this more in small business as well. And um, yeah, it never ends. So I think that's a really cool approach that you've got. And uh, really thank you for sharing all of that. Is there anything else that you'd like to touch on uh, while we're here? Oh, thank you. I've loved being on and I've actually controlled myself in terms of my talking. <laughs> just okay. so I don't override your show. Uh, I'll, ju I'll just want to echo exactly what you said, which is we we shouldn't be afraid of having really healthy conversations if it means we're working towards something better and bigger and for me leading is not about it is it, it's not 
it's not just about me and my career aspirations. It's about setting an example to those who, who are around me and for those who don't necessarily fit the mould or don't come from a particular background. It's about being able to say, because just because I don't fit a mould doesn't mean I can't be a leader. Just because I don't look or act a certain way or didn't go to a particular school it doesn't make you any less of a leader because there are, we, we live in such a good country, right? Like we live in a country where people come from all backgrounds and these conversations have to happen for us to move it to the next level. And so all I would say to your listeners is, again, you may not do it straight away, but I really, really encourage everyone to bring that sense of empathy to work, to your workplace bring that sense of kindness and bring that sense of being true to your values. And if they can help someone along with their journey, then you just don't know the impact that you will have on that person. Mm. And it can be hard, right? Like you put yourself out there and you think, oh goodness, I feel like, I feel like it's all about me, but it really isn't. It can, you, I've, as I said, the impact my teachers had on me, I hope that when people hear me or see me, they go, wow, she's, she looks like me or I relate to her story. And if she can do it, I can do it. And that's what I always say. If I can do it, anyone can do it. And if you can have the courage to have those conversations in your workplaces that sometimes feel icky and feel uncomfortable, but therefore the reason of bringing more tolerance and kindness and understanding into your life, then I would say to you, take the first step, take the, take the courage, have the courage to say something that perhaps there'll be lots of ums and ahs and perhaps there'll be a voice, voices that suddenly talk down, but try it and see the impact that it will have. And you'll, you'll find yourself getting more and more courage to speak out, if not for yourself, then for those around you. Mm, so good. Well, thank you so much, Dash. That was really, really generous of you for your time and for all of your insights. I learned a ton um, and I know that the listeners will as well, uh, wherever they're at in small business journey or corporate journey as well. So thank you again. And we'll have to get you on for another episode when you feel like it. We'd love to have you back and we can pick it up where we left off. Thanks so much for having me. And yes, I would love to be back. Beautiful. See you soon. Thanks.